are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lux on Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Lux on podcast network. Your team every day. You're listening to who? Always wonderful. Might I add, handsome host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. Now there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or look up Locked on Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now, on today's show, we got Ryan Latica on once again, the third crossover of the week. We had a big pod, so gave me a few days worth of content. So on today's pod with Ryan Latica, host of Locked on Rockies, we were talking who is the best team in the NL West and and we give our thoughts on the MLB Hall of Fame. Was it right that no one received a vote? Should we get into all of that and more? But first, don't forget to go to BuiltBar.com and use that promo code LOCKDOWN if you want 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into that conversation between Ryan Latica and I, host of Lockdown Rockies. The Padres, after those two moves, it, you know, it's close between them and the Dodgers. So who do you think is winning the division next season? Oh, man, you know, it is really close. Um, but, I mean, it, for me, it's it's still the Dodgers. You know, I mean, the Dodgers still are the class of this, of this division. They've proven that time in and time out. Um, and, I mean, yeah, you know, the Padres have made some flashy moves. But, I mean, you have to be able to deliver on those as well. Um, and you know, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, you know, I, I just got done crowning them the winners of the off season, but you know, you got to see them, you know, take that next step on the field as well. You know, there's a difference between winning the off season on paper versus, you know, seeing those moves pay off on the field as well. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not quite ready to put them over the Dodgers yet. Um, just because of, you know, everything, we, everything that we've seen from the Dodgers, you know, going out and acquiring Mookie Betts, signing him to that what 12 year extension, something like that. Bad um, and being, a, you know, also being able to find the, the diamonds in the rough as well with Max Muncie and Chris Taylor, you know, superstars that are overlooked by other teams. Most, you know, most notably the Oakland athletics and the Seattle Mariners um, in that regard for Muncie and Chris Taylor. Um, and so, I mean, those guys just, they, they do it all. They do it all so incredibly well. Um, and I'm just not ready to, to crown another NL West champ at this point in this at this point in time. Okay, Ryan, that was a very political answer. So we're looking at this on paper right now. I want to know which rotation do you like is better? Which rotation do you think is better? I'm going to give you the names real quick. The Dodgers, you got Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin, and probably Julio Urias is probably your five-man rotation. And then for the Padres, you got Darvish, Blake Snell, Lament, Musgrove, and Chris Paddock. So just on paper, your gut feeling, which way do you think you're leaning? I mean, honestly, my gut feeling, I lean toward the Padres at this point. 
I mean, you know, obviously, you know, the, the Dodgers have a, have a phenomenal one, two punch with Clayton Kershaw and, uh, and Walker Bueller. Um, but beyond that, I mean, Tony Gonsolin, you know, he doesn't really do it for me. Mm. Um, Dustin may is still pretty young. Um, so he has, he has quite a lot to prove in the major leagues, I think. Um, but I mean, you know, just like, you know, like I've said before, you know, going out and acquiring two bona fide stud aces for the Padres, adding them to an already impressive rotation. Chris Paddock has, you know, he has proved to have some major league success. Um, Joe Musgrove, um, I think could be a sneaky, good addition for the Padres. It's, it's, it's obviously, um, you know, not nothing to write home about there, uh, for Joe Musgrove, but, you know, it could be a sneaky, good depth move. Um, you know, and, and obviously, you know, you Darvish, he's been one of the, one of the top starters in baseball, very quietly, in my opinion, um, over the last few years. Um, and, you know, adding, you know, obviously adding a former Cy Young award winner in Blake Snell, who, you know, he's kind of struggled the last couple of years or so after winning the Cy Young a couple of years ago. Um, but I mean, honestly, at this point, just, you know, gut feeling, you know, gun to my head, I, I would lean toward the San Diego Padres. Okay, one more question. Which core four do you like better? Betts, Bellinger, A.J. Pollock, and Corey Seager, or Tatis, Machado, Hosmer, and Will Myers? Um, I got to go with the Dodgers on this one. Um, you know, I mean, Mookie Betts has, has solidified himself as one of the top outfielders in the game. Um, obviously, you and I will disagree on whether or not he's the best player in the game. I was thinking that. I didn't want to bring it up. I was thinking that. <laughs> um but, uh, I mean, he's obviously one of the best outfielders in Major League Baseball right now. Um, Cody Bellinger has proven himself a year in and year out MVP candidate. Um, you know, Corey Seager, one of the top shortstops in Major League Baseball year in and year out. Um, and you mentioned A.J. Pollock as the fourth member of that core. Yeah. I would actually go a different direction. That's and okay. honestly, at this point, say Max Muncie. As crazy as that sounds, I mean, Max Muncie has proved to be, you know, such an incredible offensive talent on that team. Um, and that just proves to, you know, that just really speaks to the Dodgers research and, ana and analytics department, um, which is also something that the Rockies just got done gutting, believe it or not, just to add insult <laughs> to injury in that department. Um, but I mean, the, the Dodgers have done a phenomenal job in their scouting department as well, you know, going out and, and, and realizing that Max Muncy still has a lot left in the tank. Um, and so, you know, I mean, obviously Manny Machado, again, one of the top uh, third basemen in baseball. Um, Fernando Tatis was just ranked as number two in baseball um, for shortstops by MLB Network, second to one Trevor Story. Uh, but I mean, Eric Hosmer, um, I've I've always been a little bit hesitant to buy in on Eric Hosmer just because of the historically high ground ball rate. Um, and, you know, I would just have to give it to the Dodgers. Okay. Okay. I'll probably lean Dodgers for both of them as well. I think I like the Dodgers rotation just a little bit more than the Padres. I think it really depends on Clay and Kershaw. How much of a decline is he on? Where is he in? What point of his career is he at? I still, I think there's some question marks surrounding that, but the rest of their rotation is so young. It can make up for it. I like their back end of their rotation. I think just a little bit more than the Padres. And I like the Dodgers core four and more. I mean, Betts and Bellinger, I think that's really all you have to say. I mean, two MVP winners in the last, you know, three seasons. So I think I'm going to lean Dodgers to win the NL West. I mean, to be the champs, you got to beat the champs right now. They're World Series winners. So I'll take the Dodgers over the Padres right now. But I'm hoping next year I'm be rooting for the Padres to beat the Dodgers because I do not want to see the Dodgers winning at all. Ryan and I will give our thoughts on the MLB Hall of Fame. But first... 
I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because Built Bar is back, more improved, and more delicious than ever before. They have 18 amazing flavors, but six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're both soft and easy to chew. Now, the reason why I think Built Bars are great is because I'm a health-conscious guy. I try to go to the gym when I can, but I have a sweet tooth, and Built Bar actually tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar. That's low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein and high in fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now, they reset their promo code for this relaunch. If you use promo code LOCKDOWN, you could get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And are we ready for some basketball? The NBA season is heating up, and there is only one place as you covered and one place you trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. I'm betting on the Lakers to, winning all, to win it all this season because LeBron and Anthony Davis, no one can stop that duo. Now, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Battle Online, your online sportsbook experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner on Twitter at BetOnline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use promo code LOCKEDON for your sign-up bonus. Hashtag BetOnline. Let's get back to that conversation between Ryan Latica and I. Ryan, we're going to switch gears a little bit. And we're going to actually talk about the MLB Hall of Fame because on the 2021 Hall of Fame ballot, we saw no one get voted in. And I just want to know real quick, do you agree with that decision? Would you have voted no one in as well? Uh, yeah, honestly, this has been um, this has been a really interesting topic to follow over the last couple of years. Um, just to see the character clause of of the Baseball Hall of Fame's uh, you know voting guidelines really come to the forefront over the last couple of years, um, it really hasn't been um, super in the spotlight like it had like it was this year. Um, and now you know I remember reading Ken Rosenthal's Hall of Fame ballot. I don't remember all the guys that Rosenthal voted for, mm-hmm. uh, but I remember Ken Rosenthal started off his column on the Athletic by saying, "I hate my Hall of Fame ballot, and it might be my last one." And so, I mean, that really just kind of, kind of speaks to, you know, all of the negative baggage that were, that, you know, that was attached to all of these candidates on the ballot. I mean, you, you know, you look at Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, you got the, you know, the, the alleged steroids, steroid <laughs> usage attached to them. You know, um, you have Kurt Schilling, who just recently cheer, you know, cheered for the insurrection at <laughs> Capitol Hill on January the 6th. Yeah. So, you know, among other things, you know, bigoted remarks and memes shared on social media. Um, you know, Todd Helton is a serial drunk driver. You know, as, as much as I hate to admit it, you know, Todd Helton, you know, being the Rockies guy on the ballot right now, you know, he's been caught twice for drunk driving. You know, Omar Vizquel, you know, the, the recent domestic violence allegations attached to him. And, you know... I've really kind of struggled with how I think about, you know, separating the off the field baggage from the on the field performance, because growing up, you know, I typically wanted to, and I know that the, the, the character clause has always been attached, you know, to the guidelines for how 
the Hall of Fame wants the Baseball Writers Association of America to vote for these guys. Um, but, you know, in my mind, at least growing up, I was always, you know, just purely vote for, you know, the players based on how they did on the field. You know, it's it, the Hall of Fame is a museum to, you know, honor and celebrate, you know, the best players in baseball. Um, but, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, a lot of people have started to change my mind on this where it's, you know, essentially like the hall of fame is not a right. It's a privilege, you know, players don't have to be elected to the hall of fame. And why should we be electing players to baseball's highest honor, you know, who are domestic, you know, who are domestic abusers, you know, who are serial drunk drivers, you know, and, and who, you know, cheerlead, you know, stuff like what we saw at in Washington, D.C. on January the 6th. You know, I, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me why we should be bestowing upon these guys baseball's highest honor. It's not a right for them. It's a privilege. And the character clause, like it or not, is included in the Baseball Hall of Fame's regulations, or I guess I should say their guidelines for how they want people to vote for these players. And so, you know, at least for me, you have to take that into consideration. So, I mean, if it were me, casting a hall of fame ballot this year. Um, I mean, I've really struggled with this. I probably might not have elected anybody this year either, as much as I really want to see Todd Helton in, as the second Rocky to ever be inducted into the hall of fame. You know, I might not have inducted anybody this year. Yeah. And I definitely see where, uh, where you're coming from. And I definitely agree with a lot of your points, but I think I'm still on the side of voting based on your on-field performance. Now, that doesn't mean I excuse what you do off the field. That doesn't mean I agree with anything Kurt Schilling says or, you know, anything he says, honestly. I mean, I don't think there's anything. <laughs> I don't know how many people would want to agree with him, but I do think he was a Hall of Famer during his MLB career. And I think the biggest question is, if he got, you know, elected to, into the Hall of Fame and then he had this post, you know, bigoted career after he was elected already, would we then kick him out of the Hall of Fame? Um, honestly, I mean, this is, this is actually, believe it or not, this is something that I was just talking to my boss with at, at, you know, at work, um, you know, earlier this week, um, you know, we were kind of having a discussion about this as well, because I mean, you know, this is, you know, really the first, you know, the first time that, that the baseball writers have really put this much emphasis on the character clause, just because there's so, like I said, there's so much bad negative baggage attached to them. Um, but I mean, honestly, and, you know, as I'm talking, um, I literally just lost my train of thought. Can you repeat okay. what you just asked me? Yeah, I just asked you. So, like, let's say, you know, like you said with Todd Helton, let's say he was elected into the Hall of Fame and then he had those drunk driving incidents. Do you think then you oh, should oh, kick right. him yeah, out yeah. of the Hall Being of Fame? kicked out of the Hall of Fame, yeah. yeah. Um, there's honestly um, no precedent for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's never happened before. Um, it's not in any of as far i mean i i've looked into this quite a bit it's as far as i can tell it's not in um the it's not in any of the the right in, in in any of the guidelines or the regulations or the rules for the baseball hall of fame i might be mistaken about that if i am please reach out to me and tell me that but um i don't think i am i haven't been able to find anything um that sets precedent for players actually getting kicked out of the hall of fame um now does that mean that they can't be kicked out of the Hall of Fame in the future? Absolutely not, at least in my opinion. Just because, you know, you've done something a certain way for for 100 years doesn't mean you have to continue doing that just because it's the way you've always done it. There is always room to improve. Um, 
I mean, on, uh, honestly, that's something that I don't really have an answer for at this at this moment in time. It's it's something that I that I go back and forth on. You know, whether or not you should kick somebody out of the Hall of Fame if something surfaces with that player later in life. I mean, I, I honestly, you know, it's, it's, it's a really interesting question and, and it's just something that I, you know, I, I really just go back and forth on. Yeah. And I also think it depends where you draw the line. I think Kurt Schilling, drunk driving, those are all, you know, hard lines in the sand, but I, I don't want to get, get us to a place where it's too much about our personal feelings, I guess, and not enough about what's actually going on in the game, because I get it. If you don't want to vote for those guys because of what they did off the field, I get that. But what if it's something else that you don't personally agree with? Maybe it's your something with your religion or something like that along those lines. And are you just never going to vote for anyone if they don't personally agree with your values? So in terms of that, I think I'm just always going to lean toward what the numbers say and take my personal feelings out of it, because I think the Hall of Fame is just like you said, a museum of the best collection of talent. But when I think about guys who, you know, allegedly did steroids, like uh, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, I think they should be in the Hall of Fame. Honestly, I think anyone pretty much pre like 03 to 04, where PD testing wasn't even around. PDs didn't get banned until 1991. They didn't have testing till 03. So I, I think really anyone who had a career before then should be allowed in the Hall of Fame if they did PDs or whatever. Mike Piazza, he's a Hall of Famer. He's on record saying, I did PDs in my career. So we're not going to kick Mike Piazza out of the Hall of Fame all of a sudden. So I think Barry Bonds, you know, he said he did steroids back in the 90s he was already a hall of famer by the time he said he allegedly did steroids he was already a four home run 400 home run 400 steel guy he was already three mvps his bust in can or not can this isn't the nfl but his bust in cooperstown was already you know made and, and sent out roger clemens he's you know he's won his defamation case he's never tested positive he's been on a lot of reports he has a lot of links to peds but he's never tested positive and i can't keep a guy out just because of reports and suspicions even though it might be true unless we have the hardcore facts I feel like I have to put a guy in who's won seven Cy Young awards in the Hall of Fame yeah and you know honestly I'm I'm kind of with you on that um I've come that's one of the other things that I've kind of come around on um is I really do if you ask me I believe that that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens do belong in the Hall of Fame um mostly just because of this there are yeah like you said there are already steroid users in the Hall of Fame um you know, whether, whether we know of them or not, they're in there. Um, and this is, this is what I always, this is what I always say, um, with Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens versus, you know, the whole Pete Rose situation. I believe that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens belong in the hall of fame and Pete Rose does not. Mm. Now, the reason for that is, is when you're taking performance enhancing drugs, yes, you are technically cheating the rules and you're cheating baseball and you're cheating your teammates and you're cheating your opposition. But the end goal there is still to win baseball games. And, you know, like it or not, you know, Barry Bonds, you know, his, his on the field performance merits election into the hall of fame. You know, there's no argument about that. Um, was it aided by performance enhancing drugs? Yes, it was. Um, but you know, you go to the other side and you look at Pete Rose who gambled, on baseball as a player or as a manager. I don't think he bet, I don't think he bet on it as a player, but he bet on it as a manager. He bet on his own team. Um, and my whole thing with Pete Rose is as, as soon as you start gambling on baseball, winning is no longer your top priority. Making money is now your top priority. 
you know, and, you know, people say, oh, well, it's not as bad, you know, if you bet on your own team to win. Yes, it is as bad. It's absolutely equally as bad if you bet on your own team to win, because no matter what, if you have money on that, if you have money on Tuesday night's game and you don't have money on Wednesday night's game, that's going to call into question your, your integrity of, um, you know, how you, how you go about managing Tuesday night's game versus Wednesday night's game. You're going to, you're going to make your decisions based on, you know, Oh, well, you know, I got money riding on this game. You know, I have this player who's, you know, you know, he's a little bit banged up, you know, would I use him ordinarily, probably not, but you know, I got, I got a pretty penny riding on this game. So I'm going to throw him in there. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so um, essentially, you know, this is, that's how I always kind of frame the whole Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens situation. You know, they, the end goal is still trying to win baseball games, but for, for someone like Pete Rose, if you put money on, if you put money on the game that you're managing, then your end goal is to make money. Your end goal is, is no longer to, to, to win that baseball game. We can we just put Pete Rose, the player in the hall of fame. Don't put any of his managerial records on it. No. Cause I mean, it, it honestly, it, I, at least for me, it, it compromises the, it, it compromises the integrity there. I mean, yeah, sure. He didn't bet on it as a player. He still bet on baseball as a manager, you know, and, and, you know, for me that, you know, that that's the line right there for me, that, that compromises the integrity right there. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. We got one more crossover with Ryan where we discuss our thoughts on expanded playoffs and the universal DH rule. So come back later in the week to hear that pod. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy out there. And remember, get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked on Today podcast. Peter Braskowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast, bringing down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy out there. Deuces!